Good morning, church. Let's try this again. Um, I work with students, so if they're, if they're not awake, I kind of make them do stuff, but I don't want to do it this morning. Good morning, church. Praise God. It's good to be in God's house. Amen. Well, you don't have to adjust your eyes or your phones. I know some people are watching this online and things like that. I am not Pastor Rock. Um, I am the more good-looking, um, younger, um, less witty uh, pastor here at Allegheny St. Lawrence Church. And my name is Pastor Joe Oliver. I'm the high school youth pastor here. So hi to all my high school kids that are here. They're, they don't listen. Uh, it's, it's all right. Um, they'll learn. Uh, discipline's coming. Um, so... I'm just excited for where we're going this morning, and I want to first thank uh, our leadership and pastoral staff of Pastor Rock, Blaine, Ross, and, uh, and Alan um, for this opportunity. And I want to just share a simple message, a simple message that I think is very practical. There's no, well, we'll, just, we'll get into it, but, but it's what I want you to do. I want you, before we jump into this message, to tap your neighbor. And Wes, this is what I want you to tell them, because I know you're anxious. You're like, yeah, what? This is what I want you to tell them. There is a message for us today. And if that neighbor to your left or to your right wasn't awake, tell your other neighbor. There's a message for us today. (laughs) So with that, I want to start off by saying this. There's... I don't always have a love-hate relationship, but there's one thing I do have a love-hate relationship with. And I'm pretty sure once I show it to you, you'll be familiar. And it's it's with these things. I have a a love-hate relationship with these things. If you can't see what they are, they're headphones. If you have kids, grandkids, or even if you're still a kid yourself, you have these. You have a pair of these. They might not look like this. They may be bigger, they may be smaller, they may be wireless, you know, AirPods, they're expensive, um, whatever it is, you know, because you got them for Christmas, praise God, you better thank your parents and Jesus. You know, like, you get these headphones, right, and they're great. Headphones are amazing. You know, I could drive my car hands-free, you know, keep my hands on the steering wheel, you know, I can voice text, which is smart, don't text while you're driving, um, kids, um, like, like, I can do that, I can listen to sermons, I can listen to music, I can watch movies and listen to the audio, there's so many things that I could do, but then there's the hate, this is the hate, headphones, though they're a great tool, they're not a resource, And I see people with them in, and they're oblivious to life. They they walk around, and normally, I know I'm not connected, but I'm connected to something. There's this little gadget, phone. Phone. It's like it's like the lifeline. It should like the phone is almost like a vein. I see people walk around like this, and it's like, yeah, cool, great. I'm walking around like this. Yeah. Oblivious. Let me give you an example. I'm watching TV. And I know you guys watch TV, you guys watch different things. And I'm watching, there's a car commercial that comes on. And in this car commercial, it focuses in on this young man. What is he doing? Headphones in, walking with his phone in his hand. And you guys know what it looks like. Parents especially know. It's this. Can't get a word into your kids. Can't do anything. Hey, you listen. Going. So the kid's walking. 
in a commercial. Kid's walking. He's on his phone. And he goes across the street. He's about to go in this overpass. There's 50, probably 50 runners. They move for him. He's walking. They go. And all he says is one lady look back like, mine, it's a car commercial. So continues walking. They start walking through his neighborhood. Still doing the same thing. Do, 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 do. Hey, when you're in a bind and somebody you can't see from behind, watch the automatic braking system. The kid almost gets hit by the car. What doesn't make sense is that we're making auto braking systems for people not to get hit. The kids should get hit. <laughs> it, it might knock some sense into him. It, it, it might make him aware that this is foolish. But it reminded me of something. When we're doing some of these things, we're so disconnected. But we think we're connected, right? We think we're connected to something that doesn't have a connection to him. That's a whole other message. But it's like we're connected, but we're disconnected from the outside world. We can't pay attention to people. We can't even listen to people. Let alone almost be hit or even potentially killed by things that we utilize as tools. It's a challenge today in our culture to really be connected, to have God really be at the center because we have so many other distractions. And oftentimes what gets in the way is ourselves. And as I think about this idea of headphones is that we get, we get in the way of what God really wants to do. Because we think we're connected even though we're disconnected. So as always, the scriptures give us a solution to really put God at the center of our lives so that we're not walking with this, this blindness, this disorientation, this disconnection. So I want you guys to turn to James chapter 1. And if you have your phone, your app, you know, your, your Bible, that thing with actual pages in it, you can turn in there to, to James chapter 1. We'll be in verse 19 in just a moment. But I want to set this up. James, like most of the New Testament, focuses on transformation. That the good news brings to those who embrace it by faith. Beginning in verse 19, James starts to unpack this idea of what it means to be a listener as well as a doer. And he explains how God provides wisdom to his people through his spirit, through his word. And as believers, we should be honoring God as we listen for God's voice, listen to his word and obey what it says. Follow along with me as we read this short excerpt from James 1.19. And it says this, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. And I want to stop right there because I can continue with the rest of the verses in, in 20 and 21 and unpack this over the next two weeks and go, man, but I don't have that luxury. I just want to focus right on this, on this part. Because as you talk about being a hearer and doer, we have to be people that listen and do what's, what's said to us. But if we're too quick to speak, we're not really quick to listen. And what gets in the way, and I think this is one of the things that we wrestle with oftentimes, is that we want our own agenda to be accomplished. We want to do what we want to do. And when we don't listen for what God has to say or obey what God has to say, our agenda we push on God, and we almost go, God, do what I tell you to do. You got to get that backwards. 
And I think this is the problem that we wrestle with. Because when we talk too much, when we do too much, and we listen very little, we communicate to God and others that our ideas are more important. If there's anything that I know that we, that as I can speak for myself is that when I talk too much about things that are not like God, when I do too much, the things that are not for him, and I listen very little to him, I don't look like him. Let alone do I even listen to what he has to say. As I mentioned before, it's a reflection of walking around this world with our headphones in. There's something else that's driving us. There's something else that's essential to our lives. And don't get me wrong, and I want to say this especially to you high school kids. Phones aren't bad. But when your phone is an idol, when you're not worshiping God, that becomes a problem. But how do we take this attention off of the gadget or off of our own agenda and really put God at the center, at the priority of who we are and out of our lives? I think it's a very simple method that we're going to unpack this morning. And you probably heard this before growing up as a kid. What do you need to do before you cross the street? Stop, look, listen. But I added a new one. Seek. And this simple method allows God to be at the center of our lives. And we start doing his agenda instead of our own. Before we go any further, let's pray. Would you join me, please? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for all those folks that are in attendance here in this place. And God, those that are online, those that are going to listen to this. God, is by your power and your spirit, I pray that you would touch every person, every heart, every mind, every ear. God, that they would hear you and from you alone. God, my stories, my, my, my points, everything is nothing without you. So God, I pray that your spirit would go before me. Empower this earthly vessel to be your messenger of truth. May we present it with elegance, God, to glorify your name. So God, as you're honored in this place, God, may you honor us with your presence. So we get a fresh word from you. God bless us this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the Lord be with you. Ooh, that's beautiful. Praise God. So I want to break this down word for word. And I know, like, in your bulletin, there's just a bunch of lines. If you want to take notes, take notes. If you want to write them on your phone, write them on your phone. Do whatever you need to because I think there's some good things that are going to come out of this. If not, you just listen in the whole thing. But the first thing is to stop. The stop as a word is a reminder that a break doesn't disconnect us from God. Rather, it centers us on God. A break doesn't disconnect us. It centers us. If we never take a moment... Take a break to stop. We get to a point, and I'm, I'm pretty sure some of us have been there, or we know people have been there, but we get overwhelmed. We get, we get so, we get anxious, we get unnerved, we also get burnout. And there's a need in our lives for us to stop, to allow God to really have our attention. But not only does it allow us allow God to have our attention, but it allows us to do this thing called rest. <laughs> I'm pretty sure some of us have been working so hard to make sure Christmas happened that rest is like the, the last thing that we're thinking about even right now. I could be home right now, <laughs> laying in my bed. But the Lord woke me up for this message. No, like it's, 
But, it, but it, it's like we hear that, but the thing is, it's like it's true that God did wake you up to hear a message this morning. Because we got to be working towards him, not towards these things that we give out. <laughs> but that's a, once again, that's a whole other message. But I'm, I'm going to focus in on, on this because God utilizes James in this verse in 119 to sit there and say, everyone be quick to listen. But what he says before that stops the whole audience. Because he says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. He's saying that to the audience, and he's even saying that to us today to go, listen, stop what you're doing and listen into what God is about to say to us and for us. Just stop. Bless you. But that's so hard. That's so hard for us to do is to stop because we live in a culture that is so fast-paced. There is no slowdown. I'm pretty sure some of you, like, the kids are all happy, we're all, we're all Christmas break. Your parents are like, there ain't no break. <laughs> I took off three days to meet with family, and I got to pick up these three days of work in the next couple days. The weekend I got off, I got to still do work. You sit up talking about, I want to play more video games. No, I got to work. But that's the culture we live in because we can't stop. Because when we stop, the world keeps going. But the thing is, what I've learned so much is that, man, I serve a God that controls time. So if I trust him to control time, I, I have time. <laughs> but if I trust myself, I'll be a fool. <laughs> but one of the things that I've noticed that in our culture, especially as we talk about parenting, it's hard to be a parent today, amen? amen. And what's hard about it is that you wrestle with kids, some of you are wrestling with grandkids. And when you wrestle with them, they're just like, they want your attention. Mommy, mommy, daddy, dada. They're pulling, they're pulling, dada. Or your older kids like, mom, mom, I gotta, can you drop me off here? Can you take me here? You're like, parents are like glorified Ubers. <laughs> Except for you just don't get paid. <laughs> like that's, like you're, you're running around everywhere. And you know what kids do? They're, they're good at this. Throw a temper tantrum. Oh, I can't get your attention? Pay attention to me now. Thank God my mom was a woman of discipline and she spanked me. And I said, praise God. Maybe better today. Praise God for all you parents that still spank your kids today. It's a great form of discipline. But what I learned too, though, is that nowadays we can't do that. It's abuse. It's not. Um, it's not. It's not. It's very beneficial. Um, long term. Um, but what I also notice is that now we don't give them spankings. We give them time out. Go sit in time out. Oh, sorry, Tommy. You're, you, don't want, you want to have a temper tantrum? Go sit in time out. I'm like, okay, great. But it made me reflect on this idea of really are we stopping? Because you're putting a kid in time out so that you can focus on what you need to get done. But how often do we take out time for God to do what he asked us to do? But what time out showed me is that so often time out was something that was a behavioral discipline. And rarely modeled as a spiritual discipline. Well, let that one sink in for a moment. 
We see it, we give it, we do it. But it's like that idea of stopping should be a spiritual discipline for us. The psalmist says in Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. If we're never still, how do we know who God is? That's real. Because at some point, if we never stop and acknowledge God, we will keep moving with everything else, and those will be the gods of our lives that we answer to. But if we take time to just to stop for a moment and go, God, whew, you are who you say you are. How differently are we? How different we are as believers if we just take a moment to stop and practice that. But neither here nor there. We'll go to the next word. Look. The word look is a reminder that our introspective and retrospective examination deepens our dependence on his faithfulness more than our own. I don't know about you, but I'm not, I can tell, I can tell people I'm faithful, but I'm not. God's way more faithful than I am. But if I don't look at myself, look inside of myself and see what's keeping me from really being dependent on God, looking back at past events and understanding what's keeping me from being dependent on God, I can't move into the next day, the next moment, the next year and understand that I'm going to be better. I have to reflect. I have to look at myself to understand where I'm going. This idea that James talks about here about being quick to listen, slow to speak, it's kind of hard if you never look at your life and examine it and go, man, maybe I'm doing bad at this. If you don't take a moment to do that, man, it's kind of hard to go, yeah, I'm going to do this. Because oftentimes there's things that get in the way. One of the things that I notice about this idea of looking and examining internally, looking at past things, is that this is every year in December you get to that place where people are posting, man, 2019 was bad. Can't wait for 2020. It's been my best year yet. People are excited. The new year's coming. Mm, okay. I applaud you. Okay. You know, I'm walking alongside. You see what happens. No, man. 2019, I got torn down. I'm going to get built up in 2020. Yes, great. Because I see those things in, in the added pieces that it factors into one of the places that I love to go, and that's to the gym. I love going to the gym. I love working out. But I hate December and January and February. Because when I get there, everybody heard the commercial on TV. No initiation fee. $29 a month. Come, we'll get you fit. We'll get you right. Great. All of January. No, there's a line at the treadmill. Line at the elliptical, line at the bench press, line at the incline, the stair climber, line at the bathroom. Because there's so many people in the gym. That's January. Come February, 25, 30% dropped off. Come March, you go, man, 55, 60% dropped off. Come March, you start seeing your friends that you started working out before. Like, hey, how's Christmas? Man, I haven't seen you since before Christmas because everybody else was in here. But you know the regulars by then. But you know the regulars by then because you know that you have looked at your life and figured out something has to change in order for change to actually happen. 
I got to change. You can't go to the gym and expect to be thin if you continue to eat ice cream late at night. Sorry, stress eating. <laughs> you know, like that, that's, that's what we call it. Like it's, oh my gosh, I'm just so overwhelmed. Let me just, this Ben and Jerry's tonight though is so good. It's, I'm just going to keep, no, that doesn't help you go. To, it's going to help you get to the gym. I'm saying, oh, wait, man, you know what? I'm only sleeping four hours a night, but I'm still going to the gym. If you don't rest, your body can't recuperate. <laughs> Work out as much as you want. Without rest, there's no balance. You need balance. But I can't understand the balance that I need until I look at myself. Let me not make it the gym. Maybe it's your finances. You're like, man, 2020 is going to be great. 2020 can't be great until you look at last year when you overspent for Christmas. The first six months, you're getting out of debt because you're overspent. Unless you change the habits that cause you to overspend, you're going to continue to spend. It's going to be a bad 2020. Maybe it's not finances. Maybe it's your family. I'm going to be better with them this year. Last year, you didn't spend time with them. You didn't really talk with them. But 2020 is going to be different. But if I keep doing the same things, you talk about God being distant, you wonder why your family's distant because you're not spending time with them. It's like you're not spending time with them. Maybe it's, maybe it's your faith. It's, it's faith. And I'm looking at myself and I'm like, man, God, I can't wait to see you do some stuff in 2020. Well, what you didn't do in 2019 is you didn't pray, you didn't fast, you weren't reading his word, you weren't listening to what he had to say. So if you keep doing the same things, I don't think you're really going to see God do anything except for slap you in the face a couple times with his word and tell you to do what it says. But we have to look at ourselves, young and old, and go, God, what do you want to do in and through me but I have to look to you first in order for that to happen. The psalmist says, search me, O God. Search me. And he's calling us to search within ourselves and while he's searching within us to go, God, I want to know what you want to do in and through me. As I examine myself, God, examine me. So that the obstacles that are getting in the way of me keeping you at the center, God, they're no longer there. You help me to stand in the midst. You help me to overcome. You help me to get through. But that doesn't happen until we look at ourselves. The next word is listen. Listen reminds, reminds us that good listening displays the importance of our relationship with God and our relationship with others. Good listening is a practice. It's almost a discipline. But one of the things that I notice, and, and, and I could be wrong in this, and maybe this is my own life, but I, I, I talk with people, and most of the time they listen to respond immediately. And then they miss everything else that I said in the paragraph. They listen to the first sentence, they're all upset, and they miss everything else. If you listen to the whole paragraph, the questions that you have will be answered. <laughs> it's called reading comprehension or listening comprehension. You learn that in grade school. Like, it, it's so easy. But if we just learn to listen, to listen, how differently would our relationship with God and his people and even other people be different? James says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. He articulates a challenge that I think for many of us, we don't want to take. 
to listen, God, I ain't got time. Can you give me another challenge? Give me something else. Give me something I can do while I'm sleeping. Like pray, Lord, Jesus. I just, like, like, like that's easy. I can do that. I can pray in my sleep. Give me another challenge. But this listening thing takes time. It takes intentionality. But the other part of the thing, what, what listening does, it takes respect. And working with high school kids, it's, it's the greatest thing. Is I have this open door policy. You come into my office, you talk with me, you say whatever you want. Kids love it. They're like, man, that's cool talking to Joe. Like, he's, he's going he's to be real. I mean, a little harsh at times, but he's going to be real. You can say whatever you want. And I'm listening to what you have to say. Also, after you say what you have to say, I got a response. <laughs> But one of the top three things that kids come in to, and talk to me about my office and go, my parents don't listen to me. Okay? Your parents don't listen. That's a problem, right? Yeah. They don't listen to me. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you listen to them? <laughs> That's not the point. No, that is the point. <laughs> if you don't listen, they're not listening. And then I was like, man. But how often as leaders, as parents, grandparents, mentors, we do the same thing. We don't listen. But listening is a challenge for us. Because if I really intentionally take time to listen to my people, listen to, to God, there's a lot of answers. There's a lot of mistakes that I can miss out on if I just listen. And I tell that to kids. And I tell them because of this. What happens is that when, we, when we, we butt heads with parents, and I still butt heads with my mom today and my dad today, we still butt heads, because we're stubborn. Because when I speak, I want you to listen. As soon as I feel like you're not listening to me, I shut down. This is normally the kid face. Mm -hmm. The parent response, you ain't even listening to me. I'm talking to you, you ain't even listening to me. And you're right, because at the same time, as a parent, sometimes, as well as even kids, we don't want to listen either, because we feel disrespected. So now we just clash. But if we took a sense of humility to go, God, I'm going to listen. We lived it, we modeled it, we displayed it, how differently our relationships with God would be, but how different our relationship with his people, our family, our friends, our coworkers would be if we just took time to listen. It's a practice. It's not a game. It's practice. Just keep practicing it over and over and over again. And watch how our relationships change. Because if we continue to listen, especially listening for God, God is at the center of everything that we continuously do, and, and we reflect that. The last word is seek. It's a reminder that God, as we seek him, affirms our dependence and our obedience. And it says on the screen that our, our pursuit of God affirms our obedience and dependence on God. The sense of seek and pursue, to follow, to search after, is vital to what we do as believers. Because if I'm not seeking after God, there's going to be other things that I'm starting to seek after that become gods in my life. That's what they'll become. We don't realize it because God is not at the center of it. He's not there. 
Everything else that we want to do is there. But God's like, put me at the center and you continue to seek me. Watch what I do in you. One, one thing that I noticed about this, this is the hardest thing for me. This, this idea of seeking is the hardest thing for me. Because as a pastor, and I'm just going to be honest with you, I can fake this really good. I can get up here, present scripture. I can pray for people. I can give advice. I can do the whole nine out of my own, out of my abilities. And what eventually I started doing, I started to applaud myself instead of giving glory to God. It's very easy. But as I did this, it challenged me about who really am I seeking? And it started causing me to seek after God even more because it, when he's at the center, he's drawing me more to himself and I'm drawing myself away from all the things that are not like him. But it starts with me seeking. So he showed me this example and I was like, man, I love grocery shopping. Who doesn't love food? I wish food was cheaper, but it'd be great. But I do the grocery shopping at my house because I love my wife, but I cook all the time because I want to make sure I keep my figure. It, it, this, is, this is a perfect size that I like. I want to maintain it. So I go to Aldi, saving on budget. Go to Walmart, cheap. And, and then sometimes I go to the Money Bird, Giant Eagle, and, and I, I spend money to get groceries. You know, I, I was taking time to, to get things that I need. But every once in a while, especially like Walmart, there's only like two or three lines open. And I run into somebody and they go, hey, aren't you one of those pastors from AC? AC? I'm like, yeah. Lord, where is this going? I don't know if they really know me. What are they going to say next? But it caused me to listen. And what they would say afterwards, like, can you pray for me? And what it showed me in those moments is that I didn't go, hey, yeah, I'll pray for you. What's your name? I'll pray. Yeah, I'll pray for you. And then walk away. No, it said pray for them right now. Don't wait. Pray for them now. What it showed me about seeking God is that as I seek God and I seek his face, it affirms my faith and my dependence on him. But it also affirms a person that came and asked for prayer. I was like, okay, that's good. God was like, no, I'm not done. He goes, the people that are around you have no idea what you're doing, and now they want to know what you are doing. So when I pray with people in, in, in line or at Walmart or at Aldi or at the mall, whatever, people go, yeah, thank you, pastor, for praying. I'm just like, no, my name is Joe. I'm, uh, pastor is my title. I'm just a, a vessel for God. I'm just praying for you. I walk away, and not too far down the hall, down the floor, somebody goes, what were you doing? I was praying for somebody. What does that mean? I can pray for you right now. That's what happens when we seek God. People want to know why you are doing what you are doing. What would it look like if you sought God in your workplace? I guarantee you, your workplace will look different. You might have some more enemy attacks, but my God that I serve is way greater than the enemy attacks that I can face. But what would happen if you did that? Young people, if you went to your school and sat there and said, quit saying God is not big enough, he is big enough. He can wreck your school for the kingdom. He can, just like he's changed you, he can change the people in your school. If you seek him, 
Don't muffle your voice. Don't hold on to it. Don't squander it. Take it to God and allow God to use you. If you seek him, he will show up. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14 says this, then you will call on me, call on him. Pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart and I will be found by you. That's a declaration. That's an affirmation. If you don't hear anything, that's an affirmation for us to go, man, God, I want to continue to seek you. So I want to say this in closing is this. If you have your phone, you can take it out. If you have, you know, you're writing notes, there's a couple of things that I'm going to give to you right now that I just want to be able to go, hey, listen, you can put this in your car, in your mirror. You can put it in the bathroom, in the mirror, because we all go there. You know, you can put it, maybe you need to put it in the shower. You need to put it on your front door. Maybe you need to put it on your back door. Maybe you need to put it in your car. Maybe you need to put it in your office at your desk. Wherever you need to put it, you put it there. But it's these four practical steps of stop, look, listen, seek. And there's a short little verse that goes with each one of them. And I mentioned some of them this morning, but I just want to reiterate these things to you as they place them on the screen. Stop. Psalm 4610. Be still and know that I am the Lord. Like I said before, this might be a reminder as you go to work. <laughs> Make it more personal as you walk into your house. That's dealing with chaos. God can come and invade and heal at home. He can do that. Amen? Be still and know that I'm the Lord. This is to stop. To look. Psalm 139, 23, 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. He knows them. See if there's any offensive way, if there's anything getting in the way of me serving you, honoring you, praising you, worshiping you, being obedient to you, listening to you, whatever it is, whatever is getting in the way, show me so that you would lead me. You would lead me. Not these other things that are going to leave you in disarray, disconnected, disappointed, dismantled. Lead me in a way of everlasting that draws me closer to him. Look, listen, do, James 1.22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Remember, I told you this, this morning, tap your neighbor and tell them there's a word for us today. That word is for us. Don't take a word and go, hey, man, I heard this message today. It's perfectly for you. Remember, when you point to that person, there's three fingers pointing back at you, sinner, saying, you should have heard it first. You should have heard it. Applied it, asked God for continued guidance so that this way when you shared it with somebody else, it wasn't like you're giving them a message, reiterating it. You are displaying the message and modeling the message for them. But the last one is seek. And it's the James 29, 12 through 14. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I will be found by you. I don't know all of you, I know some of you, and I know where you're at in some of your journeys, and it's a joy. But there's no greater joy than to be found by God. There's no greater victory than to be found by God. To know that there's someone in your corner that can never be defeated, never be overcome, never be overwhelmed, he's on your side. 
But you won't know that until you seek him. And as you seek him, you meet him and he finds you. Some of you guys have met God in the midst of a storm, a tragedy, a circumstance. And God's sitting there saying, hey, listen, continue to seek me and I will see you in your victory as well as in your trial. If we, if we just practice these things, just put these little things into practice, we won't be sitting there saying, I talk too much. I'm doing too much. Except for when it says, I'm talking so much to God. I'm doing so much for God because I'm listening to what he has to say. And as I do so, I continually seek him. Simple little practices. The challenge is not hard. The challenge is us, and we're the ones that get in the way. Allow yourself and trust God to help you get out of the way so that you can stop, look, listen, and seek him. Because as you do so, he's at the center and not our own agendas. Let's pray. Father, what a joy it is to be here. And God, with, with your word and with your truth and with your message, God, I pray that it's, this falls on ears, hearts, minds that want more of you. And God, those, those hearts and minds that are still callous, God, I pray that by the power of your spirit, you would break through that. So that we would be recipients of your truth, recipients of your, of your knowledge, of your wisdom, of your power, of your authority. God, so that as we walk through life, we are so dependent on you that the things that may get in the way, we just go, God, that's not you because I'm listening for your voice. And that's not you. That is what it sounds like. God, may we be ever dependent on you, ever trusting in you. God, bless your people to make these practices so real that we would hold on to you ever so much as the biggest priority in our lives. Bless us as we go from this place that we live for you in obedience to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.